0: You're listening to The Morning Joe Ranch Show. A dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy the Wild ride Podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. Welcome back. Um, I'm going to kind of take a little trajectory differently than I've been normally doing because even I get burned out on climate shit and stuff like that and just total doomsday type stuff and nihilism. Um, so for my quick clips, um, I have just a few, and then I have general stories of like COVID things, job market stuff. And then, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about this new alternative to, to seawater, um, desalination. It's, um, it's a pretty cool little new thing they're doing, but I also want to give like the pros and cons of my own personal opinion on it. Um, but I don't, I just, sometimes all the nihilism stuff gets a little carried away. So for my quick clips, um, so I am not a big fan of Garth Brooks as in his music. I don't really know stuff about his personal life that much. I'm, I'm just, he's a fantastic songwriter in country music, obviously. Um, and so I, am not a fan nor am I a not a fan I mean it just I just don't really listen to his music but I am giving him major props um, as a major artist strictly because he did such a great job of like handling this whole situation in my opinion and um for this quick clip Garth this is from that's uh, uh, our local news channel from Nashville Channel 5 uh, CVS Garth Brooks cancels five stops on Stadium Tour, including postponed Nashville show. So when he was out here, it was a couple weeks ago, he was playing the outside theater where the Titans play at, uh, or the outside stadium, uh, Nissan Stadium. And there was a massive lightning thunderstorm that came through that night. And during the day it was fine, and then it, like, hit, like, out of nowhere. And it was a torrential downpour. There was lightning everywhere. It was pretty insane. I mean, it's a typical normal thunder lightning storm, but it was just crazy how much of it was happening um, anyway, I just kind of want to touch on this because I think it's really important to show he didn't make this political. He didn't make this anything more than it fucking had to be with either side on this. Um, basically Garth Brooks has canceled the remaining stops on a stadium tour amid the resurgence of COVID-19 cases across the country. This includes a show at Nissan Stadium in Nashville that was called off due to the storms and had yet to be rescheduled. Um... Here's what he said. In July, I sincerely thought the pandemic was falling behind us. Now watching the new wave, I realize we are still in a fight. and must do my part. I have asked the wonderful cities of Cincinnati and Charlotte to wait too long, and I don't want to, want to now do that, do that same thing to the great folks in Boston and Baltimore. As far as Nashville, we are looking for a make date from July rainout, and though this is not COVID-related, to make them wait makes me sad as well. So it is with a heavy heart we announced the decision to cancel all five shows. But with a hopeful heart, we will reschedule and start over when this wave seems to be behind us. Fantastic. That was beautifully done. Um, there was no political statement. There was nothing purely based off of whether you're an anti-masker or a pro-masker. He simply said he didn't want to contribute to the pro- to the pandemic, to the wave, he knows that we're in something, and he didn't give him. And I commend him. That was well done, and the reason I find this as a quick clip is... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the COVID stuff in a, a, after my next quick clip, but I just wanted to commend him. That is really awesome that he did that, and in all honesty, it makes me really happy to see a major artist just come out and say, like, I don't want to be, you know, like, this, I don't want to, you know... I don't think it's right to do these shows just because of the wave coming out. Good for you, man. It's really nice to see that as much as it sucks. And as somebody who's a musician myself, it's like, I get it. I want to see live music again. I want to do, do that stuff too. It's too insane right now to me personally. So anyway, good for him. I think it's really awesome. He did that in terms of how he handled it. I think it sucks that he had to cancel the show in general for people, but at the same time, well done, man. Like, that deserves a lot of credit in my book. So, anyway, that was one of my quick clips. The other one is, we all heard what's going on with Afghanistan. Um, I have, I was in my early 20s, tw- I, I was just in, like, freshman, sophomore in college, freshman in college, when the whole um 2011, or two thousand uh, September 11, 2001 happened. And then we went, we got, we went to Iraq, and then it became Afghanistan, yada, yada, yada. And we all know Listen, everybody's got an opinion on this, the out. I don't like Joe Biden. I've said this from the beginning. But I will give credit due when it is due. The way he handled it and pulling out of Afghanistan, in my personal opinion, good for him. We were spending trillions of dollars propping up a government for oil, which we all heard Kamala Harris, who is his VP, saying that we were fighting wars for oil. That's pretty much what Iraq and Afghanistan was. It wasn't to overthrow the fucking Taliban. We... Anyway, I'm getting off topic. There was a lot of corruption from generals. Um, Major stuff happened. There's a lot of good um, newsworthy stuff that came talking about why we should have never went to Afghanistan. Or if we did, it was for bin Laden and get the hell out. So technically, when we got bin Laden, that's all we we should have left at that point. There's a lot of opinions on this. I'm not a military person. I'm not heavily into the whole Afghan thing. It breaks my heart seeing people getting hurt in another country from American bombs and the war machine. Because I think it's just such bullshit, and it's all money. And generals made shit tons of money. Presidents, bef- and this this stems from the 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 war, the warmongering, mongering, you know, of of our political elite class because of money and funding. And you know, for those of you that don't know, Dick Cheney owned Halliburton, which was or he like ran Halliburton, which was the company that um basically water supplied people in the in the war. It made billions and billions of dollars in profit. And if you don't believe me, there's a great documentary that came out talking about it. And there's no cover up of it. He was he was integral in that part. It's just so so when people sit there and say, you know, with terror, it's like these people don't give a shit about us. The only reason they care about us is because all we ever want to do is overrule people. Which is why I'm part of an isolationist in my own I, I, Now I'm getting opinionated. I don't want to fucking do that. Anyway, the whole Afghan thing is crazy to me. Um, it's sad and heartbreaking watching people trying to flee the country now that the Taliban took rule. But I will say Biden, I don't like the guy or anything. But I think what he did and how he handled it, I'm really glad to see that he just said, fuck this, we're done. Like, And he didn't say that. That's me you know, paraphrasing, but the fact that he knew to call it, you know, and everybody's talking about it being a Saigon moment where we just, we, we learn our loss. We didn't really have any fight in the game anyway. It was kind of stupid for us to be there. Yeah, I know. Anyway, the Afghan thing just really saddens me because of the people there more than anything Um and how bad they're hurt and just what we did. Anyway, so that was my, those are my quick clips. Now I'm going to get into um, some other stories. So I want to get into the COVID stuff. And the reason I kind of want to touch base on it is strictly because there's a lot going on with it and there's a lot of opinions on it. And I just don't understand when COVID became so goddamn political in terms of right versus left. And I know I'm, I'm saying that as in like, I'm being obtuse about it, where it's like, yeah, I know when it happened, but it's like, why are people so brainwashed in believing that there's one side versus the other? On one side, you're saying it's your freedoms, and the other side, you're saying it's your freedom, but just not, it's your right to survive and and not pass this virus to people that are more susceptible to it. Um, And I've said this before, I don't, I'm not sitting here making guidelines and freedoms for rules for people. I wear a mask. I'm vaccinated. My daughter wears a mask everywhere. I wear a mask everywhere. My girlfriend wears a mask everywhere. Those, and then my my um my daughter's grandmother, my my ex mother in law wears her mask everywhere. The three of us are all vaccinated except for my daughter. And the reason I say that is because like there's only really my family's all back in Chicago, and so like those are really the only people that see my daughter that much. Besides like if we hang out with friends like outdoors or whatever like that. Um, and the reason I say this is like everybody's got to make a decision that helps them. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with it. My problem is when, when people bitch about their freedoms, but what about my freedom to protect my daughter who can't get vaccinated yet, and what about the freedom for me to where if I get sick, I'm fucked. I it's just my daughter and I. Now I have my daughter's grandmother that can help me, but she's not supposed. To, I'm supposed to be raising her. Now, I get this. This is like, I'm not trying to be a sob story. It's more about, what about my freedom? What about my daughter's freedom to survive? What about the ability of not passing it? Um, Somebody dear in my life right now uh, just got COVID. She was vaccinated. It's my grandmother. And there's been a lot of controversy with it because she is vaccinated, but she's well over in her upper 80s. And... We had to take her, my mom my, my had to take her to the ICU. And of course, it was a little bit of a wait. Um, and it just kind of sets me off because it's like, sure, you don't have to get a vaccine. I'm not telling you you have to. That's your right. I get it. But I don't understand where the religious side of that comes into effect. And as somebody who's brought up Catholic for the first 27 years of my life, I'm still confused by it. And I'm still confused because when I was brought up, um, while there was fire and brimstone that was taught in my family, the whole side of Jesus being um, like he, he walked along with the prostitutes. He helped lepers. Um, he cared for people. It wasn't about him. It was about the greater good. And it's not just to pick on the religious people because I'm not. And I don't, again, like, I'm an agnostic atheist. Like, I don't know what the hell is really there. And that's just my personal perspective. I respect everybody that has a religious choice. I don't have a problem with it. My problem is when people use it as a blanket to cover up for individual choices, I think. And and I'm not picking on people, but it's like, when did this become a religious argument? Um, when did When did freedom get associated with this? And... You know the other question I have too, and this isn't picking on people; it's more of a discussion point because I want to understand this. I don't want to think I have all the answers because I know I don't. But okay, well before I get into this next thing, I want uh, there's there was a woman who was pregnant in Texas. Um, she got COVID with twins, or she had she was pregnant with twins. She got COVID, and the babies died. And this just happened. There was an article this morning. Uh, I was really sad and heartbreaking to read about it. So my question is to those people who are, you know, pro, which is this shouldn't even have anything to do with COVID. But since it's gone this far, these are the questions I now seek to ask because it's like, I don't understand why we've gotten to this point. But and this is mostly the conservative base. Um, And again, I go both sides. I would consider myself a social libertarian in some aspects because there's certain programs that I think benefit everybody. And there's certain programs that don't benefit anybody. And it's like, I think that there's certain regulations we do need to have. So anyway, getting off, getting back on topic, this happened to this lady. Now, this is one, one situation that happened. I don't know how many more people have lost babies due to COVID. But this one specifically just came out today. Reason I bring it up is if we're so anti-abortion then why are we okay with COVID killing people? And especially now the Delta variant with it being more contagious. And even at my daughter's school, it's hilarious to me because there's no mask mandates. Okay. My daughter still wears a mask. She just came home and told me two or three kids in her class already have COVID. They've been out for two weeks. There's been no sent home to parents. There's been nothing that I'm strictly finding out through her. And she's not even knowing. She just said that three of her kid, three of her classmates have been out for the first two weeks of school so far. And she's, and and she's nine years old. And she's like, she's like talking to me like an adult being like, I'm pretty sure it's because of COVID I'm sitting here like, Jesus, how the hell does she know this? Like, okay. So I start talking to her about it. And she's like, yeah, well they've been out since then. Um, you know, and nobody's really wearing masks in class. And she said, I just keep to myself, yada, yada. Meanwhile, so my daughter doesn't say anything to anybody about COVID with the face mask thing. Every single day she comes home and tells me how somebody asks her why she's even wearing a mask. And if she is, she can lie to me about it. when she. And it's like, why, why is this even like a discussion? And that's where it sets me off is like, I don't give a shit if you don't want your kid to wear a mask. Don't let your kid wear a mask. I don't fucking care. But the difference of a freedom is then then forfeit your kids right to an i c u bed and I'm gonna say this, somebody I work with um something happened with their family where a person got a heart attack. They had triple bypass, and they had to wait thirty six hours. This just happened last week, and where I work and where I live. Our hospitals are full capacity right now with ICU beds. There is a wait for the ER beds. People, th- and I'm going to call out Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's a fucking bimbo. And I'm saying that in ways where it's like, she sits there and says the whole ERs are this and that. And she says, well, they're filled with cancer patients. They're filled. Do you even, as a politician, do you even understand how emergency rooms work? Like cancer patients don't go to the emergency room, you dimwit. Like, my ex-wife didn't go to the emergency room with cancer. My ex-wife, when she was sick, had to go because of pneumonia. She had to go because of COVID. You fucking moron. And it's people like that that piss me off, that spread stupid bullshit information, and the stupid voter populace listens to these people, and it's like, do you have any fucking clue how any of this works? Like me with Afghanistan. I don't. I have an opinion, but... I'm not going to sit there and spread some bullshit about what I think of Afghanistan. I don't have enough fucking understanding of it. Stop listening to stupid political people on both sides. Not just the right, not just the left. On both fucking sides. Like I said with Bill Burr. Bill Burr said it perfectly. DeSantis in Florida. The dude doesn't have a fucking medical degree. He shouldn't be mandating anything. In fact, it's hilarious to me when the right gets authoritarian about mask mandates when they do it over the whole fucking state, but then they want their individual rights for counties when it's a democratic leader. And again, I don't like either fucking side. I think it should be based off of where the general populace is having outbreaks, like in my fucking county. But we can't have a mask mandate because our stupid fucking governor in Tennessee put in a law that restricts it from happening. Over the whole goddamn state. Well, now our goddamn state is full, full capacity. And kids can't get into the ICU beds. And they j- there were pediatricians that just came out in our fucking local news saying, good luck getting an ICU bed for your fucking kid. And they didn't say fucking, but they're like, good luck trying to get a bed for your kid. They're completely filled. You're going to be waiting 24 to, to 48 hours for a bed now. And that's if they need a ventilator, good luck. So I say it again we're pro we're 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 anti-abortion on the right. Okay, fine with me. I don't like again. I get it. But then COVID comes and it starts hurting kids. We're not so once they're born, we're done. And this is a general discussion where it's like I'm all ears, but don't come at me with it like, well, no, no, no. You're specifically saying killing babies is wrong. Okay. I'm I'm understanding that. I and that, that you're right then where's my fucking right to protect my child that's already alive because you guys don't want to get vaccinated, which is fine. That's your freedom. But then you don't want to wear masks, but then you want to go to an ICU and ventilator bed because you're letting your kids run rampant. Listen, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I am trying to call out people's hypocrisy on shit. And it's like, hold yourself accountable. If you're going to allow your kid to not wear a mask or be vaccinated, fine by me, that's your freedom but then forfeit your goddamn right and your kids' right to a ventilator and ICU bed for the people that are actually doing it the right way. And it's funny, because your freedom, though, you, you, and then when your governor over-restricts everybody in the fucking state, it, and it's on your side, that's not authoritarianism. Listen, that's authoritarianism. And I'm against authoritarianism on both fucking sides. So call a spade a spade, get your head out of your ass, and realize what the fuck is going on. And this is another thing. Um, Eric Feigolding, um, he is an e- ep- epidemiologist and health economist. Um, he's a senior fellow. Uh, he was teacher for uh, 16 years at Harvard, environmentalist, health social justice person. And, he, and he's a pretty, pretty good with data. Um, he just posted a tweet. Uh, was it August 16th, which was three days ago? Record pediatric hospitalization trajectory surpassing winter pandemic peak, and this is August, historically the lowest season for pediatric hospitalizations. Delta COVID, uh, Delta variant surge will worsen for kids. Two, number two, perhaps more alarming than the daily hospitalizations is the magnitude of the rise in recent weeks. Obviously, we cannot predict whether this worsens trend in pediatric hospitalizations will continue. But we must not ignore it. Uh, Number three. This is also why teachers around the country and the world are worried about return to school when kids under 12 aren't vaccinated and many places don't have mask mandates. And then he posted a a clip of a teacher who was basically saying like, we can't, you know, there's kids in her school that are going out. One of them died recently in her classroom. It was pretty fucking sad. And again, until it affects you, it doesn't affect you. It's like. Okay, so we don't, we're not following Jesus' teachings of let's all be in this collectively together. It's not just personal freedom sometimes. Sometimes we collectively as a whole have to come together and kumbaya this shit. And it fucking sucks. Like I've said, I have to wear my mask at work. I fucking hate wearing a mask. It's annoying to me. It makes my beard scratchy. I hate it. But I fucking do it. A, it doesn't spread to little kids that are actually coming into the fucking library. B, I'm not passing it to my daughter who can't get vaccinated yet. And luckily, my grandmother, with what's happening with COVID, um, she's okay right now. They're releasing her from the hospital. She's been in there for about a week and a half, two weeks. So she was one of those people that was taking up a bed, taking up a time. And your kid might have been on that, might have needed a ventilator or whatever. Now, my grandma wasn't on a ventilator, but she was in a bed. But if they don't have beds for you, guess what? They're not going to. They're not going to take you. They're going to turn you away. Um, number four, he said, CDC has put an indoor air guidance for safe schools using ver- ventilation and uh, HEPA UV air dis- disinfection. But sadly, most schools are not doing this. Number five, if we don't act and push strongly for mitigation, this is what can happen. Don't let Florida and Texas let happen to their children happen to yours where you live. And then number six. Listen, Dr. Mark Klein at Children's Hospital in New Orleans. Delta variant is very, as every infectious disease specialist's worst nightmare. There was a myth that children were somehow immune. It has become very clear that children are heavily impacted. Just wait for the Lambda variant, which is now fucking coming out. It was here during the Olympics in Japan. Guess what? It is bound to get to the United States within the next few months. And that's worse than the fucking goddamn Delta variant. This is this is the problem for me where it's like, it doesn't make sense. This is the other thing. The Texas, this is the best part. And it's not me being mean, but fucking Governor Abbott is one of those people in Texas. So Texas School District makes masks part of dress code to get around Governor Abbott's order. Several school districts in Texas have sought to require masks amid an increase in COVID-19 cases. Governor Greg Abbott has tried to ban mask mandates. Again, authoritarianism only works when it works for you, for your side of the spectrum. When it's the other side, it's a dictatorship or authoritarianism. It's fucking bullshit. I don't think any governor should be able to mask mandate a full state. Just as in Illinois, I didn't think the fucking governor should have been able to mask mandate anything. I think it's per county, per state, um, or sorry, per county, per city, per community should do it. If you don't have an outbreak, okay, I get it. But this is exactly the bullshit we're talking about. It's authoritarianism on both fucking sides with this shit. It should be based off of what's happening. And I'm telling you right now in my county that the fucking beds are, there's no beds. So I'm like sitting here trying to talk to my daughter about it. All right, I went off on my COVID tangent. I'm not going to, it's driving me nuts. So the next thing I wanted to touch base on real quick was the job market. Um, there's a really good article that talks about the job openings at a record high. Why aren't people going back to work? I just had a discussion with someone in my life who I love dearly, but for some goddamn reason, constantly blames the unemployment rate being that unemployed people are fucking goddamn lazy. And I had this discussion with them and I can't talk to them because they just refuse to fucking hear the other side of the fucking coin. And the other side of the fucking coin isn't, oh, people need, no, it's not even like, I said, there's a grayscale on all this shit. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from this. I'm going to try to wrap this up under 30 minutes because I'm coming close. The U.S. labor market had $10.1 million, uh, 10.1 million job openings at the end of June, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which usually has bullshit numbers, by the way. But 8.7 million workers were still unemployed in July. If there are so many more openings than job, job seekers, why are there unemployed workers left? Every bucked economic trend and difficult question of the last 17 months, including why so many jobs are unfiled, unfilled, sorry has the same explanation. The pandemic. In this case, it's creating what ec- economists call a search friction. And like the virus, this is a new variant we've never experienced before and don't fully understand. All markets have friction. This is the good parts. A friction is anything that prevents a buyer and seller from transaction from transacting instantaneously. If a shopper has to go to multiple stores to find an item or comparison shop before purchasing or doesn't live close to a store carrying the product, all of these are examples of frictions. In the labor market where the shoppers are employers and sellers are workers, a friction creates slower hiring and higher unemployment. The labor market has lots of frictions, but they aren't necessarily negative. A healthy savings account that enables a worker to take time to find the right job, rather than the first job available, is a friction. The need to live near aging parents, which puts a geographic boundary on a job search, is a friction. When when governors in 25 states ended the $300 federal aid on the unemployment checks months early, they didn't use the term, but they too were addressing a a a known friction public sources of financial support to unemployed workers. The pandemic is still introducing new frictions. In its job seeker survey, also collected in June, the Indeed Hiring Lab found that the top reasons for not searching too hard or urgently for a job, get this, are COVID-19 concerns and childcare demands. Bingo. How does this play out? An individual worried about contracting COVID-19 might be more hesitant to take a job if vaccination rates are low. Ding, 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 like in Nashville or near in Tennessee. Cases are spiking. Customers are not required to wear masks or a combination of all three. An individual worried about the virus might also have a difficult time finding a job with preferred working conditions, such as the share of co-workers who are vaccinated or the ability to work at distance from others. Not only does an unemployed person need to find a job that matches their skills, but they need to find an employer that has vaccine and mask beliefs that align to their own. This is a labor market friction we've not seen before, and given the self-reports of workers, it's potentially large." Likewise, a parent cannot work if the kid does not have care. Although schools are reopening, kids under 12 aren't vaccinated and are still vulnerable to the virus. Parents know that COVID could produce sudden short-term school closures. If a student tests positive, her whole class may have to stay home for 5 or even 10 days. In this situation, an unemployed parent needs to find the job that matches their childcare schedule and can accommodate potentially random and repeated closures. The demands of childcare have long been a friction, but the pandemic greatly magnified its effect. This goes on, and I've, this article was really good. It was from Barron.com, or Barron's.com. Totally fucking agree. Half the people that, and all the, and then they don't even, the other thing they don't even talk about is the fucking lo, low wage pay. It, like, it's so stupid. And it's just funny that, like, people in my life, generally the older population generation, I'm talking to the fucking boomers, Always fucking say this shit. They got to buckle up their bootstraps. And I worked, dude, three shitty jobs for $7 an hour. You can't, what's the goddamn point? That's not, you can work one job for 80 hours a week. What's the point? It's like, they don't get it. It's, there's so many factors here. Um, I want to read a little thing about what I think the system is doing. This was a quote. But the 8-hour workday is too profitable for big business, not because of the amount of work people get done in 8 hours. The average office, office worker gets less than 3 hours of actual work done in 8 hours, but because it makes for such a purchase-happy public. Keeping free time scarce means people pay a lot more for convenience, gratification, and any other relief that they can buy. It keeps them watching television and its commercials. It keeps them unambitious outside of work. We've been led into a culture that has been engineered to leave us tired, hungry for indulgence, willing to pay a lot for convenience and entertainment, and most importantly, vaguely dissatisfied with our lives so that we continue wanting things we don't have. We buy so much because it always seems like something is still missing. Your lifestyle has already been designed. And the last thing I want to touch on about work stuff too which I had the same discussion with this person that I love dearly in my life that just refuses to hear this. If I do a job in 30 minutes, it's because I spent 10 years learning how to fucking do that in 30 minutes. You owe me for the years, not the minutes. Pay people what they fucking earn. And then you want to add and pile on top of them because they're efficient. This is why efficient workers don't let in on why they're fucking goddamn efficient. So they usually get things done within 20 to 30 minutes and then they spend four hours the other time just bullshitting because they know you're going to pile more shit on their desk rather than just dealing with the fact that they've worked hard to get to that point of being able to do it in fucking 30 minutes. That's why you pay them more money because they are fucking goddamn efficient at it. Anyway, right, I went way overboard with this one, but I really wanted to touch base on that stuff, um, especially the COVID, the job stuff. There's so many things. And again, I don't like either fucking side when it comes to this stuff. This politicized bullshit of this pandemic has been such a... Such bullshit. Like, seriously. It's so goddamn stupid that people are feeding into both sides. Like, yeah, I get it. We don't want to have lockdowns again. No shit. I don't either. But at the same time, people don't want to wear masks or... They don't, you know... And it's like... They th- they think, like, ER beds are just... Like, we don't... They don't... We don't have the infrastructure again because... People don't want to plan for this stuff in the few, in the previous generations and stuff. They didn't think that's, you know, we live in an isolation bubble of stupidity in some aspects of our lives. All right, I'm just rambling now. Okay, just, and I forgot to do the desalination stuff, so I'm not going to do that one today. I'll do it and I'll do it the next podcast. It's an interesting article, but I'm really sorry, guys. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. I'm going to leave it at that. Y'all have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet Inc. Bringing your business to the future, connectgo.com.